welcome you to Season 2 of The Edge of the Airy, a podcast that is intended to highlight some of the amazing staff and stakeholders that we have at Lincoln Charter and to share some of the college experiences of our guests. Thanks for listening. So I am excited to get to today's guest. I am super excited to be talking with the one, the only, Miss Lisa Frazier, who is an EC teacher for us at our Denver campus in the high school. Miss Frazier, it's an absolute privilege to have you on Edge of the Area. It is an honor to be asked to be here. Well, let's uh, jump right in for the one or two people in Lincoln County that don't know you. <laughs> what? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, what your passions are, all that. Well, I am the youngest child of five. Uh, my parents, uh, Franklin and Mary Lowry, all born here in Lincoln County. Mm -hmm. So I was born and raised right here in Lincoln County. I was educated here in Lincoln County, uh, went to Rock Springs School the year of segregation. Okay. And East Lincoln Junior High School. I mm -hmm. was the first seventh grade class at the junior high school. Mm -hmm. uh, we went from seven to nine, and then I graduated from East Lincoln High School in 1980, like all of my siblings. We all were educated here in Lincoln County. We've been here all of our lives. Mm -hmm. Our families are here and all that stuff. Uh, went off to college. Uh, what's the same we stayed? Mm -hmm. Yay Rams! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I studied uh, special education and I am certified K-12 mm -hmm. and I think I have taught every area. I think I'm certified in every area, even down to the severe profound. Uh, I have taught uh, Behavior, self-contained behavior, inclusion, resource, and I am here teaching where my heart and passion is, the OCS program that mm -hmm. we started here right. uh, the year that I came. So I'm just honored to be here. I've always wanted to be a teacher, always wanted to be a special educator. Uh, I also am the coordinator for the Lincoln County Special Olympics. Mm -hmm. uh, this is my 29th year as being the coordinator here in Lincoln County. Uh, I have a passion for the homeless shelter, the Hesed House here in Lincoln. I serve on many, many, many committees throughout the county, uh, the Juneteenth committee. I have served on the board at the State Employees Credit Union in Denver. I think I served on that board for eight to 10 years and other boards that I've served on around here. Just, I'm a big advocate for our youth. Mm -hmm. I've been a foster parent here in Lincoln County for many, many, many years. I think I've fostered maybe 30, 40 kids throughout my career. I've been a coach, coach basketball, volleyball, and track in the Lincoln County schools. You have a, <laughs> uh, you're never going to need your resume again because you have your final job. It, my it, final it, job, <laughs> yeah. But, I, uh, <laughs> but you have a, a crazy impressive resume. I, I love what I do. I am a community girl, a community person mm -hmm. uh, at my church, which is the Gold Hill Missionary Baptist Church. I am over the help ministries, which is the food ministry, mm -hmm. any ministry that's outside of the church where we help others that we need to bring in and help others. So, and I serve on our uh, praise team, so I enjoy it. I would say two things about you that have always struck me is you're always smiling. You, <laughs> you always have that air about you of just being excited yes. and yes. just sort of showing your passion to to kids in the community and you're always helping every time i've ever seen you every time we ever interact you're asking for something for somebody 
and and it's and it's rarely rarely for you it's really to i I really appreciate your community mindedness and it's obvious that you've got a lot of love for lincoln county and in in this area so i do and i thank the charter school for allowing me to continue what i do while i'm here at the school lincoln county schools did the same Mm -hmm. you know i was in a lot of stuff and there are often times that I would have to be away and they were very generous and you are very generous to allow me to do that, to continue to do that. So I'm very appreciative of Lincoln Charter School. And I had a connection to this school as well. You, anyway, you, so. you did. You did. Well, we, we have a lot to get into. So you have a lifetime license. Is that true? Uh, I was supposed I th- to get that done yeah, this it's, year. Yeah, yes. it's it's yes. in in process if you haven't. Yeah. So for anybody that doesn't know, when you become super mature, as Miss Fraser has, <laughs> um, and you and the number of years of experience, then you're able to apply for a lifetime license, teaching license in North Carolina, which is a pretty rare thing. Kudos to that. Tell us your um, experience with within the community, going to Lincoln County Schools, teaching in Lincoln County Schools. Tell us a little bit about what I would maybe consider to be one of your first loves, Special Olympics. Well, I started Special Olympics <laughs> while I was in college mm-hmm. because, you know, being a special education major at at Winston-Salem State, we had to volunteer, we had to do things, and they often held some of the games on our campus. So I started volunteering when I was in college. Mm-hmm. But my love for special needs came from a child. I had a cousin okay. who was, uh, and at that time, they called him severe and profound handicap. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always remember when we would go to like have a family cookout or something down at Mama. Called him Mama at mm-hmm. Mama's house. Jimmy Pooh, and that's what we called him. His name was David, <laughs> but we called him Jimmy Pooh. You know, he was the one that was in the back room of the house. He would lay on a beanbag pillow because he couldn't do anything. He was in diapers. Mm-hmm. And um, I would always find my way back into that room. I think I was about eight years old or something. And my mama would come back there and say, You go outside and play with the other kids. And <laughs> I didn't want to go outside because I wanted to play with him. And I got to the point where my mom would just tell my mom, leave her alone. <laughs> just let her sit back there if she wanted because he'd be back there. and But I wouldn't go back there and just play with him. And it got to the point that he really started to feel me, mm-hmm. you know, until, you know, he had to be fed. Mm-hmm. So I can remember the first time I ever they ever let me feed him. I mean, I'm telling you, I was a little kid. And I said, I'll feed him. And I learned how to feed him and eat my food at the same time, you know. <laughs> So it was it was that passion that I had for him because mm-hmm. I just felt like he was missing out mm-hmm. because he was and, and back in the day you do know that they used to put individuals like that in a in a place and they would leave them there yeah. back in my day mm-hmm. and uh, my mom decided that she was not going to put him there she kept him out and uh, he outlived his life expectancy I think when he passed away I think he was about nineteen years old okay or something like that because of his condition, mm-hmm. but I loved him so much. I mean, and then at that time I thought, this is what I want to do. Never changed my mind. I can remember when I was a teacher at East Lincoln High School and they had a principal fellowship program mm-hmm. where they were trying to get teachers to go into being principals. And Henry Barkley, who was my principal at the time, he was also my basketball coach and he was also my driver's aid teacher. He was like, <laughs> I want you to be in this program. And it was a program that the the school system provided. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, Coach, I don't think I want to be a principal. I said, I just don't like what y'all do. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> so he convinced me to start that program. And I think about after a month, I, and I'm very honest and very blunt, and we would have to go to these meetings and sit and I don't want to do that and learn how to deal with parents and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I just went to him and I said, you know what? I know I could be making a whole lot more money, but I don't, money is not an object to me. Although I need money to live. I said, I want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I didn't <laughs> think that being a principal would make the kind of difference that I wanted to make in people's lives. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to be an encourager. I wanted to, let people know that uh, you can make it and you can come through certain obstacles and you can get through these things because uh, people were hurting and I, that's just what I've always done. And even in my own hurt, I always try to be an encourager because I would use some of the things that I've gone through in my life to let people know, hey, it's a better way mm-hmm. to go through and do things. And then I think when I became a foster parent, I would only foster special needs children. I can remember when I was at East Lincoln and they called me from uh, DSS and they said, we have a child and um, it was a twin. He was a twin and the brother died at the hands of domestic violence, Okay, but he survived, Mm. but he had severe seizures and stuff like that. And they were like, can you take this child? I had to call my husband at the time and I said, Hey, can we go pick up a baby? He said, what'd you call me for? You're going to get them anyway. <laughs> so I remember taking my two children to um, DSS and they were little kids. And you know, I was like, what is this? Is this a baby? Is this a baby hospital or something? Because when we go in, there were a lot of kids in there that needed to be taken. And mm-hmm. I will never forget taking that mm-hmm. little boy in my arms. And it was like, oh, you know, and it, it, we went through some stuff because he did have seizures and, and had a lot of stuff to get through medically, but mm-hmm. I love him today. He loves me today mm-hmm. and I love him. He's 26 years old, he's thriving and I just love him. You know, we stay in contact. So that was the start of me getting foster kids. What are you calling me for? Because you're gonna go get him anyway. <laughs> and I was telling the truth because I was. I thought I'd just be nice and, and ask. It's always best to check with your spouse. It's always but, best. Well, hopefully, um, Sounds like a really tragic situation, but hopefully your influence helped that. Oh, I love him. He loves me. My kids love him. Mm -hmm. You know, we still stay in contact to this day with mostly all of the ones that I've had. Mm -hmm. I still see them frequently and, you know, they have children. They bring their children to see me. So it's, it's just a blessing to me. And I'm glad to see that some of them. Yeah. I think in talking to any educator at any time, I don't think that we truly know the impact that we have. And so in some cases it's very evident right away or soon after, but in some cases it might be years. I'm sure it extends beyond what you realize or. My philosophy was that I always felt like if you make them feel that they're special. My first teaching job was in Dinwiddie County, Virginia. And that's where I okay. was at. There was a little small town, Dinwiddie mm-hmm. County, Virginia. And I took a job up there. They had no housing. I had to stay in a boarding house, sort of like. And I would never forget that my oldest brother and my dad took me up there for the interview. And I was like, Lord, God, what am I doing? You know? <laughs> and at that point, I really wanted to come back home because father was always sick. He had a lot of health problems. And I didn't want to be that far away from home because I was a daddy's girl, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I wanted to be able to get home if something would have happened to my dad. And I will never forget that I had taken that job in Virginia. And I was like, why don't Lincoln County ever call me? I'd like to go back home and, and do something. And I think it was like getting real close to the last, you know, they'll give you a, a time frame to where you can either stay commit, with the job right. or commit mm -hmm. or do mm -hmm. this. And right. It was like the last week from Marty Eby. <laughs> and said, hey, uh, you know, we have a position. And he says, is that West Lincoln? And I said, I don't care. I want to be home. I want to come home. And, and I did. I came home to West Lincoln High School. And I had a young lady there. She was precious to me. And she, you know, she, she wasn't in a real good situation. But I got this idea. I said, I'm taking her to her prom. She'd never been to the prom. And so I got a lot of the teachers at West Lincoln helped me get her together and we, we found her a dress and uh, I remember the homemade teacher that could sew. We went and got her a dress and we, she fixed the dress up for her and then I took her home with me on the night before we went to the prom and uh, got her hair done, put her on some makeup and let me tell you something, that child danced all, she never came off the dance floor. <laughs> she never came off the dance floor. So that was the thing that when I started doing that, and I made sure when I got to East Lincoln High School that all of our special needs kids would go to the prom. Mm -hmm. And we went prom shopping. We did all these things and we would get donations to where we could get a limousine. And me and my two teacher's assistants and stuff, we'd go with them <laughs> to the prom. We would make really fancy <laughs> restaurant reservations and stuff. And I remember we were eating some calamari and they were like, what is that? You know, it was, it was just, just those times, you know, just to see them be able to experience. Give them the experience. Like Give them that experience. Yeah. And I always told my kids, you can do whatever, you mm -hmm. can do whatever you want. Uh, started taking them on field trips. I've taken classes to Florida. We've been to the Amish country. We went to uh, the chocolate place up in, uh, you know, Hershey. Hershey. Uh -huh. We've been there. Uh, Charleston, South Carolina. What we would do is we started a little club at the middle school, East Lincoln Middle School, called the Eager Beavers. And we would go during the teachers' planning periods to uh, clean their room, classrooms. Like we had our little buckets in it, their planning period. We'd go do their chalkboards and clean their desks and sweep their floors and stuff. And at the end of the month, the teachers would write us a check and put it in our account. Okay. So we had enough money to, I would not leave a student there. I got donations from the, from outside, from some businesses mm -hmm. that would write checks for us to go. And, you know, we had a couple of parents that could actually pay for them to go for right. these trips. And I would say, y'all are going to get out of this building. You know, we're <laughs> going somewhere. Uh, thanks to Ed Hatley that helped me get this through the school board because they were like, mm -hmm. No, she's taking a bunch of special needs kids. So you're taking a bunch of high school seniors. <laughs> I'd much rather take this group than that group, honey, because some, I don't have to put tape on the door at night. There's some wisdom there. So, yeah. yeah. So it's just so shout, out, shout out to Mayor Hatley. For, yes, he helped me out a lot. He did. He helped me out a lot to get that done. And he said, well, why can't she take them? Yeah. And uh, to them Disney, yeah, to them Disney. I love that. And I, I think that from my experience with you, that attempt to help special needs kids feel appreciated and special needs people feel that they're part of the community and to give them some experiences that they, that they might not have in, a, in an everyday scenario. So, and I also taught them to work for what they needed to. 
-hmm. not always looking for a handout or things like that. And those students were, I mean, they would clean a classroom, honey. It, it would be spotless. I'm telling you, it would be spotless. But uh, that, that was a teaching part because mm -hmm. a lot of them didn't know how to do things like that. So that was a teaching part that we had to do. I can remember the shirts. They were purple and gold shirts. And we had this picture on the front that said, Eager Beavers. And that's what we all wore when we went to Florida so that I would know where my kids so are. Could, They're my yep, kids right there. Yep. So it, it was just great experiences and stuff like that. So for your, your role at Lincoln Charter, you mentioned the OCS program and yes. that being close to your heart. Tell us a little bit about what that is and what that sort of what that means um, for, for our students. Okay, the OCS program is called the Occupational Course of Study Program. And it is a program to where our special needs students, the ones that probably, if we didn't have this program, probably would get a certificate from high school. But this program gives them an actual high school, North Carolina high school diploma. Mm -hmm. But there are certain courses that they have to take. Uh, we have to enroll them in some CTE courses, okay. which is uh, career technical education because right. they they can there are things that they want to do mm -hmm. and they can work. Mm -hmm. So the career technical mm -hmm. courses are courses that they would enroll in to get the experience that they needed so that when they finished high school, they could go out and possibly get a job. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had a student that was in OCS uh, East Lincoln that actually went to UNCG. There's a program up there. It's called Beyond Academics. Okay. And it is a program, a college program, a four-year program for students that come out of that OCS program mm -hmm. that she went to, stayed up there all four years, and uh, they got or she got her certificate like when she finished up, mm -hmm. but it was a program to where she had classes, life skill classes mm -hmm. that taught her how to maneuver and how to do things like that. She's back here now working. She didn't want to leave Greensboro. Mm -hmm. Her mom called me and said, she doesn't want to come home. <laughs> but she was uh, involved in the campus activities mm -hmm. up there. Uh, when she was here, she was the uh, manager for the basketball team where my brother Franklin coached over at East Lincoln. Okay. And she was the manager for the team. So when she got to UNCG, she was paired with the managers of that team. And that was something that she did. Mm -hmm. She helped them out. She now works uh, every day. Mm -hmm. She works at a place in LinkedIn called A Place to Grow. Mm -hmm. She works with the cafeteria staff and she helps put out their lunches and collect their lunches and do all right. that kind of thing. Yep. Because that's what the program taught her to do. Right. During the course of the program, we had to be off campus and find uh, places to go off campus to do volunteer work because mm -hmm. we had to have so many hours of off campus work. Mm -hmm. So here, you know, with this program just being new, I will be finding places to take our students to where we can do volunteer. Amy's Closet. We've already been to Amy's Closet. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to the Goodwill to see if I can get some to come there. So it's a program to teach their independence is what it is. And it's a wonderful, wonderful program. Yep. So thank you for letting me trickle that into your Lincoln County, <laughs> uh, Lincoln Charter school system because it wasn't here. 
And I know that this is a college prep <clears throat> school, but right, we right. have to teach to all of our students. Yeah, I couldn't have said that better myself. So these are students with disabilities right. that are sort of not likely not going to do a traditional four-year college track. And, likely not. And, exactly. And, and so it's not, this program doesn't limit their options, but it's no. tailored in some ways more for um, that style of education and to sort of get them ready for life after high school. Life after high school and and now the uh, university system has started more programs like the one at UNCG, the Beyond Academics. Mm -hmm. There's a program at CPCC mm -hmm. for students like that. There's a program at Catawba CBCC. Mm -hmm. Clemson University has a program okay. like that. And if I'm not mistaken, Appalachian has a program. Okay. And they get to experience the, the college. Right. You know, they get to experience that, which I think is great. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it's a wonderful. Sounds like what you always try to do with special needs kids is give them experiences that they might not normally have and attention that they might not normally have and help them feel like they're part of the community and exactly. an important part of the community. And a part of that program is teaching financial skills, mm -hmm. cooking skills, you know, teach them how to use their bank cards and and things like that. And what I did was I would go out, the credit union would come in and do a little program with them. Mm -hmm. I took them on field trips to the credit union where they would set them up and talk about, you know, what you don't do and, you know, how not to lend your credit card to people or your bank card right, to people right, right. And, and stuff like that. Life, so life skills. Life skills. Yep. That's exactly what it is. And to be honest, more of our college prep students probably need some more of these life skills. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just to be honest, I well, mean, really. Yeah, I think that we, um, I'm sure you're right, as usual. There's a lot more that we could do, yes. but we're limited, limited by time, limited by all the expectations and the EOGs and EOCs and all the things. But um, it's, uh, I think, really important for what the work that you're doing to build that program. And yes. I appreciate your, we we could not have a better, a better leader sort of helping bring those kids in. Well, I so, appreciate that. Before you started working at Lincoln Chart, and this is your, tell me again, uh, third, third, fourth year with us? Is that? Third year. Third year. Your connection to Lincoln Charter previously was through a mutual friend. Yeah. Not a friend of yours, but uh, with somebody brother. that I would consider to be a friend of mine, Franklin Lowry. Tell us a little bit about Coach, uh, Coach Franklin. Oh, what can I not tell about Franklin? <laughs> he was bossy. <laughs> Uh, stern, mm -hmm. but so loving and so caring. Mm -hmm. uh, he and I had a lot of likeness to each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that I got that from him because I was that little sister. And I have, you know, I had other siblings and things like that, but I can remember growing up. Now, my sister was the oldest. I was the baby. So I had three brothers in between. Okay. So mm -hmm. my brother, Franklin, used to have to comb my hair. My sister had gone on off to college. Mm -hmm. And he would have to comb my hair to go to school in the mornings. And I will never forget, I have a picture that I took where he had, my mom worked third shift. So he would have to, he was the responsible person to get us up, to get us ready to get on the bus to go to school. Right. I must have had a bad night sleeping because my mom had fixed my hair and sort of tied my hair up to go to school the next day. We had picture day. And when I got up, he was like, you can't go to school with your hair looking like that. So he recombed my hair and oh my goodness. I thought I was the cutest thing. <laughs> I do have a picture that I will show you. Oh, I got up that morning, brushed my mm -hmm. hair and you don't tie 
elbows in the middle of, <laughs> of your ponytails. But keep that in I had no teeth in my mouth and I was just grinning and took that picture. And my mom was like, oh my goodness. He learned how to braid on my hair he would, so that he could fix my hair. Mm -hmm. So we had this connection. Not that I wasn't connected to my other brother, but when I got up some size and started playing sports, Franklin would always choose me to be on his team when we'd be playing. Franklin and I would play against uh, my other two brothers, with James and, and Lewis. And he he made me tough because, you know, they were my big brothers and they would knock me down and he would say, get up, you better not cry. Get up, you better not cry. And I mean, they, they had no mercy on me. And uh, Franklin always chose me to be on his team uh, because he was teaching me how to be tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what he, he was doing. And I would come home if I would have anything to do. You know, somebody's bothering me at school and stuff like that. And he would say, you don't let people talk to you any kind of way. Mm -hmm. And he did that to all of us because he was our big brother. Yep. yep. So, but he went on and same thing. He had a passion for the youth mm -hmm. in our community and he reached out. He started a program called Don't Fall Out mm -hmm. Academy and uh, it was a summer program. I didn't want to work in the summer, but he made me. <laughs> no, you got to help me do this. And we worked together and this was this is something that went on for over 20 years where we would go, we would bust the, the students from Lincoln and we bust them for a week long or two week long summer camp program they would get fed breakfast and lunch there mm -hmm. now you think about it these are kids that would be home during the summer and sometimes didn't get didn't, food right so they would come to us and we would always try to have a cutoff now we can't take anymore yeah we're gonna cut off at the <laughs> one year we had 115 mm. students from the community that would come mm -hmm. and he he just loved it i mean he thought we would bring in different speakers like some colleagues of his would come and talk to the students about life mm -hmm. they would tell them you know tell them their story and stuff like that so you know then he became my pastor oh my lord <laughs> you're my big brother you can't be my pastor too but he, he was and so he would say do what the lord tells you to do and i'm like oh <laughs> Yeah, he was a, he was a great leader and was a basketball coach here. So that was my connection mm -hmm. with him because I would go with him. He would take some of the girls from Lincoln Charter in the summer mm -hmm. and play summer league. So I would go along with him. Right. Matter of fact, my daughter would sometimes come over and play with some of them mm -hmm. here. I had two nieces that played ball here mm -hmm. that would go along with them. So yep. that's my connection to Lincoln Charter. Like, yep. That's how I met you. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I met you through my brother. So. Yep. Yeah. He, uh, and we certainly, certainly miss him a yes, lot. We do. Um, we do. But as with all great people, you, do, you leave a legacy, and he certainly has left a significant legacy. I know there's still a lot of people around Lincoln Charter that think very fondly of him and remember him. And I, I won't forget his, his funeral. I think that was during COVID, and it was like all of the, yeah, all of that. Uh, citizen Center mm. at, uh, in Lincoln, <clears throat> and it was huge. It was huge. Yeah. People from everywhere, yeah. from his college days, from everywhere were there. And he used to say this saying, and if you ever walk into my classroom down here at Lincoln Charter, I have this big bubble that I have laminated over on my wall, and it it says it's something he used to say to kids all the time, to me, to everybody.
don't allow your foundation to become your seal. And mm. for a little bit, you know, some mm -hmm. people say, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, you have to think about it yep. because your foundation is down here. Right. Your ceiling is up. So what do you say? He's saying you always have to rise above your foundation and go through the ceiling. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite saying. It's on my wall. It says, don't allow your foundation where you start to be your ceiling because you can go above the foundation and go through the ceiling. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. He certainly left a legacy and we were all better, better people for knowing him, even if he was uh, knocking you down at basketball and giving you the business. Oh. Yeah. He was, <laughs> he was, uh, he was in college when uh, we played Ashford High School. That's when James Worthy was a player over there. I was on the girls team and I never forget him bringing some of the guys from Belmont Abbey over to watch us while we were playing at Ashford. Mm -hmm. And he was down at the bottom of when I was playing. And I, I couldn't hear my coach's voice because I kept hearing his voice. <laughs> They're beating you to death. Get your tail in there and get some rebounds. <laughs> and I was like, so at halftime, him and the guys were at the tunnel who was going through. And I walked over and I said, would you please shut up and leave me up? <laughs> oh, my God. I could hear his voice through all the crowd because he was at the bottom of their telling me. He says, don't let them come over your back. You better box out. You better do this. I'm like, no, please leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Oh, we, uh, I, I was the big brother in my family, so I'm sure my, my brothers have stories about how, yeah. how much of a pain in the neck I was. So hopefully all the better for it. So you mentioned you're a proud Ram, Winston-Salem Winston State. Yes. Uh, one of the beautiful HBCUs in North Carolina. Tell us a little bit about your college experience. You mentioned service being sort of a component and um, that's really interesting because that has really, I mean, anybody that knows anything about you yes. and anything that knows anything about Lincoln Charter knows that that is sort of like a through line and a, a theme. My experience at Winston-Salem State was an awesome, awesome experience. Uh, made so many friends. As a matter of fact, homecoming was this past weekend and we just had a blast. Made friends, not just in my class, but friends that were older than me and mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. I was a student leader on the campus. Uh, I was the president of the student, like the SNA, the education. We had a student education. So when I got out of college and uh, wanted to join the NEA or the our right. local, right, right. you know, but I was the president of that on, on our campus. Okay. I was very vocal. That's surprising. <laughs> I was on um, <clears throat> on the Panhellenic Council, which okay. was the, the council that was there for all of, all of our Greek organizations. Greek life. I did pledge. Yep. Okay. Uh, I was uh, pledged Zeta Phi Beta in okay. the spring of 1982, and I became the, uh, the Dean of Pledges there for the girls, and uh, I did when uh, I didn't even know about it, and this was funny, but I, I worked while I was at Winston. I had a, a, a job off campus okay. as well as on campus, and I okay. worked at a facility. It was a psychiatric facility called, at the time it called Charter Mandela. Now it's, it's still there. Then it went to Charter Pines, but it was a, a facility for people to come in, and we had like a a lock ward, an adolescent ward, an open ward for people who came in with some mental issues and stuff like that. But I worked and I can remember the nurse telling me one day because I worked as much as I could because like I said, we didn't have much mm -hmm. and my father was always sick and I wanted to make it easy on my parents and stuff like that. So they were like, 
I walked, I went into work one day and I worked from four to 12. I had all my classes in the morning. I do my morning classes and then I did work study on campus. And then I would go to work at four o'clock and I worked from four to 12. I would have some library time to go to work from four to 12. And I walked into work one day at four o'clock and the, my supervisor came and said, are you on the schedule of work today? And I said, yeah. So then I get a phone call at the Tart place and they said, this is your, your uh, advisor on campus. She wants to know where you are. And I told her you were here at work. And she said, why is she at work? I said, I didn't know. Well, they were having a banquet. I was a senior. They were having a banquet and I had been nominated. I don't know who had nominated me to be, uh, to get an award. Okay. And I was, uh, it was me and another girl that we got uh, the senior something of the year. I, I didn't even show up because <laughs> you were work. working because you were working. I was at work and I didn't know it, but no one really ever relayed that to me. All I kept hearing was, you know, that senior banquet tonight. And I was like, I'm not going to that band, but I got to work. They never told me that I needed to be there. But anyway, good, the, yeah, that was that was an experience there. And then the next day, you know, I had to go to Chancellor's office and he was like, well, I see why you were nominated, but you never showed up. And, Chancellor Douglas, and I loved him. I loved helping people. I was part of the Big Brother, Big Sister mm -hmm. organization that was on campus. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, I worked with the Special Olympics on campus and worked with the student needs. I did my student teaching, and I worked at an alternative school while I was there. So, uh, And this is all before Red Bull was invented. So you... <laughs> So made a lot of friends and, and, you know, and my professors, I loved my professors. I actually didn't know when I was in high school, I was sort of like a jock in high school because I played sports and mm -hmm. business. I didn't really apply myself. And when I got to college, I was a dean's list, president's list student every semester. I carried 18 hours. Okay. And my advisor would always say, you don't need to carry that many hours. No, no, no. I'm here to prove a point. You know, I cannot let my parents down because they work too hard and I wanted, I wanted to get out of there. Mm -hmm. Actually, I could have graduated in December, but I wanted to stay on mm -hmm. and graduate with my class. So right. I uh, just did my student teacher, my senior year. That's all I had to do was my student teacher. But it was some and, of the and best And probably times. worked too. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I kept my job. <laughs> I kept my right. job. Some of the best times of my life uh, i have made some lifelong friends i had the same college roommate from my freshman year till we moved off campus together and we after school which and we were together this weekend so she's like a mm. sister to me and my my brothers she would come down she was from infield north carolina i never heard of infield until i went there mm -hmm. but uh jackie is like a sister to me and she's like a sister to my family we all adopted. I was adopted into her family. She was adopted into mine. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. And the, the motto of Winston Salem say is enter to learn and depart to serve. And I think that I have done that motto well. Well, go Rams! Well, <laughs> <laughs> well they should, uh, Winston Salem State should definitely be proud of, uh, of this alumni for sure. So that's, that's great. So you took advantage of leadership opportunities. Yes. You had service opportunities yes. that, that sort of can have just continued for the rest of your life, made connections. And, um, it's, it's really interesting because so, so many of our guests talk about, um, their college experiences and academics does come up sometimes, mm -hmm. but, but, but 
Um, and it's important for sure, but it's only one component of sort of finding yourself and yes. your passions and just growing up and um, sort of figuring out where you're going where with you your life. Are. And one of my biggest things at on campus, I was able to work in the athletic department. It was one of my work studies and I got to work on the, the late, the great uh, Big House Games. Okay. Uh, I was, Lord, he was the funniest man <laughs> in the world. He was funny. But uh, I did some tutoring, you know, uh, for some of the basketball players or whoever needed it. So mm -hmm. my work study was to work with him. You know, I could, and he would say, so now he called me Celeste. And you know, if you, if you ever knew Big House, <laughs> Celeste, how do you know how to keep that school book like that, girl? I said, because I played this school. You played ball. I said, yes, sir, I did. You know, and I would do his stats for him or something like that. And he would uh, send some of his players that weren't doing really good. He'd say, I need some tutoring. And I remember one guy, God, he was from New York. And I went to him and I said, Mr. Gaines, I'm sorry, but this boy is dumb as a brick. And he just... <laughs> always give you these little life lessons mm -hmm. you know just tell you some stuff he's a great person which is which was a lot like franklin Robin reverend lowry just just a little just a little something for you just to a think little about something. yeah that's great well it's it's always good um because i think for many of our folks and me included college is some of the best times of your life, oh, your and, life. Yes. and so hopefully some of your experiences and all of these episodes with everybody's different experiences will help ever help our kids as they transition into college to kind of have the best experience possible and and really set their life off in a good path so that's what we're supposed to do and, I, and my thing is people are not going to remember they're, they're always going to remember how you make them feel mm -hmm. so my philosophy is like every day <clears throat> because i stand at that door i want to you know some days those kids come in there and they're like i'm like good morning good morning <laughs> and i've always been like that mm -hmm. you know always want to make them feel like they're loved and all you need is love and show them that you love them some mm -hmm. kind of way i have gotten some i have made some great connections here with some of these students here mm -hmm. and I, I would yeah i think when they when i first came in you know they didn't know me i didn't know them and stuff like that but i have really gotten to some great you have some great students here and, and it is mm -hmm. and you i do. i really appreciate them and i think my classroom here now although i'm doing occupational course of study now but i still have one day i walked in and there was some kids sitting over in my corner and i was like who are you <laughs> i don't know you i don't teach you who are you oh well so-and-so said that it'd be okay if we came in here because you're pretty cool and i just needed a quiet place to do my work and i said all right. I said, as long as your teacher know you're in here. Mm -hmm. And and I said, no, I'm going to tell you something. You got to do your work. I said, you can't come in here, you know. So I find more students migrating to my classroom yep. from the hallways because they it's, it's always a welcoming yep. 
It's a welcoming place. And that's what I want it to feel like. I don't yeah. want them to think that you can't go in Miss Frazier's room because she'll be mad at you. No, but you got to come in here and do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, there's some yes. expectations. Yeah. yeah. You talked a little bit about a couple of other community initiatives. Tell us a little bit about Juneteenth and some of the some of those efforts and and what what folks can expect. Well, we started a Juneteenth festival, and and this goes back to my brother. He was on the committee, you know, before he passed away, and he always wanted us to have a festival to mm-hmm. represent. <laughs> Juneteenth is actually the end of official end of slavery. Mm-hmm. And um, the first year we did Juneteenth, I was on the, and I'm still on the Juneteenth committee. We had a meeting last night because we are now beginning to uh, start for our next year's festival right. of how we do our Juneteenth. But it's just a celebration of freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have uh, vendors out. We have people to bring out. Uh, we have dancers, like African dancers to come out. And uh, we did a concert last year. I was over that committee that we brought in a band and we did a great concert that came in. Um, but uh, we're trying to figure out now, like I said, we had a meeting last night, um, the best time to do it. Cause June is hot. Mm-hmm. We don't want it. Some people say it's too hot to have it in the middle of the day. It's too hot to do it this way. But I said to the people, I said, the people that want to come are going to be there. Mm-hmm. And as long as they come and have an experience, you know, to of what this is, Right. Then that's what that's what we want to do. So we want to just let people to come out because that's what Juneteenth is. It's a celebration of freedom and uh, come out and just have fun with each other. Look at the different cultures we bring. And like I said, we bring in the African dancers. We bring in uh, poetry where people come and they do poetry. We bring in some of the gospel singers that mm-hmm. they come and they they sing and the food. We won't forget the food. Hmm. And we have food vendors out there and we just sort of have a good time. Mm-hmm. It is a huge <laughs> festival to put on, but we get it done. Lincoln Charter, mm-hmm. you've been great. You have supported this festival. Sort of like our Soul Fest. Because mm-hmm. we have a Soul Fest here and it's sort of like the Juneteenth Festival. Okay. Thank you for your support and, you know, always. And I'm glad that you do because this is something, this is a holiday. And it's now a holiday. National holiday. It's a national Mm -hmm. holiday. Yeah, I would have to. I obviously do not have all the experience that you do, and I have very different experiences than you do in this area. But Mm -hmm. you mentioned early on, you mentioned going to school during segregation. And I would have to imagine it's very, I don't know what the word is. Um, it, it, It has to be super interesting to see the changes in some ways and 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 not change and maybe not changes in other ways that are here in north carolina america the county i'd have to imagine that's a super interesting perspective that you have well the funny thing about it is i at rock springs my siblings were able to go to the all-black school which was where the Catholic Church is. Where Holy Spirit is. Holy Spirit Catholic Church okay. was the school, the all-black school back in the day. Okay. And the year that I started to school, my parents, oh, I love my parents, <laughs> but they were like, that was the year mm-hmm. that we could actually be segregated. And I didn't get to go to all-black school. <laughs> I went to Rock Springs. Mm-hmm. That's where I started to school. That I went to Rock Springs and 
and my mom and dad, Jerk Franklin, and they had to go to Rock Springs. And there were, weren't a lot of black families. They weren't ready. There was a choice at that time. And some stayed, some went. And the, the black families had a choice. Yeah. Okay. Some stayed at the black school and okay. some went. Okay. And at that time, I think that it was worse because sometimes from our own community that oh, they think they're better than everybody else. No. But then we had to get on that school bus mm -hmm. and ride and they wouldn't let us sit down. Mm. We had to stand. We lived over off of Old Plank Road. Mm -hmm. Rock Springs was there. And I'll never forget us having to stand in the middle of the aisles. And Franklin and, and <laughs> Lewis and James would tell me to be quiet because, and I was tired one day. And I was a little girl, like first grade, kind of. Mm -hmm. And there was a seat, and there was these guys were sitting on the seat. And there was one person on the seat. And I didn't want to stand up. So I crawled over the seat. <laughs> I crawled over the seat. I did it. And I sat my behind down. I guess I was Rosa Parks at that time. But, and my brothers was like, get up. Get, I'm not. He won't scoot over, so I'm sitting here. And, you know, it was. And then, of course, I'm going to pave the way for them because he got up because he didn't want to sit inside of me. Okay. He sat somebody else on my brother's back. Okay. I was like, I'm not, I'm not standing up. Jim Monday, who was her kin to uh, Taylor, mm -hmm. he was the principal. Uh, kin to Taylor Helms. Helms. Yes. Yes. Yep. And uh, I'll never forget, I had to go to the office because I did something I wasn't supposed to do. And my dad, my dad drove a bus for Mr. Monday. We loved Mr. Monday. And I, he asked me, he said, now, why would you do that? He called me Little Lisa. And that's what he called me. I said, because <laughs> I was tired. And that made a way that he made sure that we got seats on that bus. Jim Monday did that. Awesome. He would not let make us stand anymore, mm -hmm. you know. So he'd tell the bus driver. I remember the bus driver's name. I remember her name. She was Redhead Rita Peeper. That was her name. And she was sweet to me. She was mm -hmm. nice to me. But I didn't think it was fair. Mm -hmm. So I've, I guess I've always been a little militant. I don't know. <laughs> no, you tell That's me right. this. Right. But Jim Monday, good people like mm -hmm. Mr. Monday, Henry Barkley, that were in my life, like doing that, that those times. Because like I said, my father drove a school bus for that school and okay. then he drove one for he started driving for uh rock springs for mr monday okay so yeah good people there's really good people but it wasn't fair that we had to stand up so i got threw off of the bus one time because i threw a rocket <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're telling on yourself i don't care <laughs> I, I got off the bus and uh there had been some exchange of words and name calling and i was mad Mm -hmm. So when I got off the school bus, <laughs> I picked up a rock and I slung the rock at the bus, of course, and I hit the bus. So my dad had to take me to school <laughs> for about three days or something like that. I couldn't ride a school bus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes that was a burden because, like I said, my mom worked third, third shift and I would have to, they'd have to wait, come get me home and get us to school and stuff like that. Because, But it's just a lot of things that I, I, I did make my voice about during school times. Mm -hmm. I got in trouble sometimes. I did. But well, sometimes there's good trouble too. Right? Good trouble. Uh, I was a good student, but I, I, I didn't like to keep my mouth closed. <laughs> <laughs>
You know you, that. You, you know me. I uh, have some sense of that. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Do is so. Speaking of uh, Mr. Monday and sort of some of those those experiences and some of the folks that you've talked about, is there is there an educator that maybe had a formative impact on you? Could be a fellow educator or it could be a, a teacher or somebody that as you as you were growing up. Kind as of. I was growing <laughs> up, um, I had a book. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Mr. Monday was one of them because we respected him to the fullest, you mm. know, and uh, Henry Barkley who was my, he taught me how to drive. He was my driver's ed teacher. And then he went on to be my basketball coach. And then after that, he was my principal. Mm. And um, he is still here. He is still my Henry Barkley. Mm -hmm. He was, he was the coach doing segregation when uh, people didn't want to play him because he had an African-American on his team mm. back at Ross Springs. Mm -hmm. So he was, he was that coach. Mm -hmm. He's still that guy for me. Mm -hmm. But uh, Mr. Barkley, I'll never forget him one time. His wife, Linda, would make him onion biscuits and he would eat onion biscuits on game day. And then he'd get you by your face and, and I'm like, oh my God, that <laughs> breath of yours is killing me. And we'd say, Miss Linda, please stop cooking them onion biscuits because, but he was just that, he was just that kind of a, of a person. He was my senior year when I played ball for him at East Lincoln, I was a post player and I loved playing post, but he pulled me from my post position and made me play point guard. Mm. Why? It's quite a shift. It was a shift. Mm -hmm. But if you ask him to this day, he's going to tell you that, of course, I was, I was not the best point guard he ever had, but he said mm. I was the smartest point guard that he ever had. Because he had to pull me. He says, I had nobody else to run my team. Mm -hmm. So he pulled me from post to play point guard my senior year. Mm. I hated it. <laughs> but I did it because he asked me to do it. Yeah. And we remain great friends now. And then I had a high school English teacher. Her name is Kitty Sosby. And I love Miss Sosby. I didn't like her in school because she made me do what was right. Mm -hmm. um, I'll never forget getting term papers or papers and just red, red ink everywhere. And she said, do it again, do right, it again. Right. She was that kind of person <clears throat> mm -hmm. that she made me do it right. And when I got to college, I appreciated that because if she, had she not made me keep doing those papers, her and Vicki Bean, had she not made me keep going back and redoing them. And I was like, I told you when I was in high school, I did enough to get by. Right. You know, sounds like she pushed you like uh, Franklin she did. pushed yeah. me to the limit. Yeah. It would not take mediocre work from me. That's so. good. Can you tell us a little bit about your work with the uh, Hesed House? Oh, yes. I became a, a member of the Hesed House board. Uh, and it's just, uh, well, my, my heart, you know, just to see people down on their luck like that. Mm -hmm. Because people <clears throat> think that homeless people are just lazy and just don't. That, that's not what we see. Mm -hmm. That's not what we see when those people come into that Hesed house. We have people that are coming there because they have lost their homes because mm -hmm. uh, of domestic violence situations and they've had to leave. And we've got families in there, in that Hesed house. We have people there that have some mental mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. And we started, how I started there was our church was doing meals at the Hesed House. Okay. And we were feeding like once a month at the Hesed House, which we still do. Mm -hmm. And then um, they, someone from the Hesed House said, why don't you be on our board? And I was like, 
I'm already on too many boards, but then <laughs> they made me uh, chairman of the fundraising committee, mm. which mm -hmm. <laughs> here I am again. <laughs> so last year was my first year of being chair of the fundraising committee. And we had, I, I decided, they said, what kind of fundraising are you going to do? So I wanted to do something that would benefit the residents. And what it was, was I said, we're going to do a fashion show. Mm. So I went to Belk and I asked Belk, hey, can you give us money so they can come in here and buy clothes? And Belk was like, sure. Mm -hmm. And then I got two people from the community that came in and um, we allowed the residents to go to Belk and they got to pick out an outfit, which they got to keep. Mm. And I'm telling you that night of that fashion show, some of those women and even some of the men that we had a makeup artist to come in and do mm. the makeup. We had mm -hmm. a lady there to do hair. We had uh, a, a band. I got a four-piece band that did the music, and they got to be under those lights. And let me tell you something. That was it. Was, it was awesome. Even mm. the kids. <clears throat> well, and it's it's definitely. Um, I think maybe sometimes when I think about homelessness, maybe I am under the impression that that typically happens in a bigger city or a bigger, mm. you know, sort of like an urban area. And it's, it's definitely a challenge that we have in America in a lot of different areas. Well, I've seen more <clears throat> on this end of the county. Mm. Now I was going through, I think I had an appointment early one Saturday morning and I went through the parking lot by Harris Teeter, and I happened to turn my head. Mm -hmm. It's like, those people, you know what I did? <laughs> I backed up and I got out and I was like, excuse me? I said, are y'all okay? And it was a family. Mm -hmm. It was that <clears throat> covered place right there between Chill, the, the restaurant Chill Fire yep. and Harris Teeter, yep. that covered place. Yep. They had found a place there to sleep for the night. And mm. I was like, oh man, it was cold. That night. Mm. And I said, are y'all are y'all okay? And I said, well, we're, we're, we're good. We're going to have to get up and leave because, you know, people call the police if they come. Right. And I was like, can I buy you some breakfast? Can I, can I do something for you? And then I told them that I was a member of the board at the Hesed House. And, you know, I will see. I think we were full at the time. So, um, you know, Hesed House also has a program with one of the hotels <clears throat> up there. Mm -hmm. that if it's a family. Right. That they will actually house them in the hotel. Yeah. So I did get them a way so that they could go in, shower, and stay in the house. But it broke my heart. Yeah. And I see more and more <clears throat> down on this end of the county. Yeah. So. Two quick questions for you um, as we uh, as we wrap up. And I, I appreciate your work with that organization because I know it means a lot to uh, to the, the folks that serve, uh, that, that it serves. So you're familiar with this area and... I love to eat. Where's the, if I'm going to go out to eat one place, what's your recommendation? And what should you I order? Fine dining. Well, not, I mean, not necessarily. Any, anything, I, anything that's good. I <clears throat> actually am really particular with Safari Mouse. Okay. And Joey's. Mm-hmm. But if you want the ritzy stuff, you better go to Chill Fire. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's good. Mm -hmm. It's not that, but you go to yeah. Chill Fire. Mm -hmm. My favorite little go-to places that I like to is uh, Everest Grill. Have you ever been? Mm -hmm. yep. The best. Pita's the mm -hmm. best. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everest Grill is That's a, a good, good go-to. It's a little, um, not like super prominent, right. kind of tucked away, a little hide I, like hidden, but it is a jewel. Yes, it is good stuff. Is there a 
What kind of what what music are you listening to now? Is there anything any song that you can't get out of your head? No, because I listen to it all. <laughs> it, it all depends. Sometimes I'm riding through this parking lot and I'm back in my head like this. <laughs> Sometimes it's the it's the gospel. Mm-hmm. The gospel. It's just all what my mood is. Okay. It's what my mood is. Sometimes I'll turn it on the eighties and the seventies and rock out to that. So I like music. I like to sing. You know, like I said, I am a member of our praise team at our church, which mm-hmm. I love. I, I just like to sing. I always have. I was a member of, the, I was in the choir in high school, in the course at high school. I was in the choir, the university choir, in college. So I've, I've always been a, a singer. So. I usually ask that question because I've, usually I have a song stuck in my head. And if somebody tells me the song that's stuck in their head, then it helps it to unstick from my brain. So, <laughs> you know, like I said, it, it does depend. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share? No, I just, um, I just like to say, you know, I, I like the comfort. I like the family feeling that I get here at Lincoln Charter. Uh, you know, no school is perfect. And, uh, but I think that people here really want what's best for the students. I haven't had any problems with, uh, I appreciate the fact that you you encourage your students to be uh, community players. You mm-hmm. encourage this, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's good. The students here are phenomenal by participating. I think some of that is um, because of leaders like you that started at a young age and found their passion and have continued on. And I can say, from my perspective, we are an infinitely better school and an infinitely better community because of your influence, your family's influence um, as well. And um, I really appreciate you. And I feel like I'm a better person because I know you. Um, so can you, as we close out, can you share your favorite quote again with us? My favorite quote is, don't allow your foundation to become your seal. Go through the seal. Love it. Shout out to Reverend Lowry. Shout uh, out to my <laughs> brother. <laughs> well, I appreciate you. Uh, you said at the beginning that you were in that uh, principal program, training program. Um, you said to that individual that you wanted to make a difference. And congratulations. You've done it. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate you. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in. And this is Jonathan Bryant signing off. I want to thank all of our listeners and subscribers for taking the time to listen to the edge of the Aerie. Like everything at Lincoln Charter, it takes a great team to make this podcast happen. The edge of the Aerie is produced by Jonathan Bryant and Taylor Helms, and Miss Helms is also our senior editor. Graphics and artwork are by Melissa Lasarski, and our music is brought to you by Next Mike, who you may also know as Michael Paulino Albin. Our team uses the free Anchor app to create each episode, which is found at anchor.fm. You can listen to this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Stitcher. Feel free to rate or review the podcast. It may help others to discover this content. This is Jonathan Bryant signing off until next time.